1: Hello to Trojan fans and welcome to episode number 263 of the Peristyle podcast. Today is March 18th, 2013. Hopefully everyone enjoyed their St. Patrick's Day weekend. And you are back at work with a spring in your step. Not too bad, not too hungover or anything like that. But we have a great show for you this week on the podcast. We are going to talk with uscfootball.com beat writer Dan Weber a little bit later on the show. And we got Coach Harvey Hyde in the first segment. They were both at the Coliseum over the weekend seeing the USC scrimmage, so we're going to get some more details on that. If you have any comments or questions, you can always email us, podcast at com, or you can call us at 206 888 6755, or go to peristylepodcast.com. Leave a voicemail on the left side of the page right from your computer. So lots of ways to get in touch with us. Without further ado, I wanted to bring in Coach Harvey Hyde joining us as always in the first segment. What's up, Coach? How are you doing?
2: Brian, I'm doing great, buddy, and uh, glad to be with you. And uh, two weeks of spring football down, a week off, and only three more weeks of spring practice, and it's over.
1: Unbelievable. It's it's going by quick. Uh, but this break, we kind of reflect a little bit, and we want to talk to you about the scrimmage and all that. But before we get into it, I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. You can go to sctickets.com or call them at 1-800-888-7287. They've been nice enough to sponsored the show for years and years now and we really appreciate that so if you need tickets for anything here in LA or across the country you can go to sctickets.com and they'll hook you up and uh, coach you were down there at the Coliseum uh, like you said they're going to have this week off I know there were some some injuries some guys that w- they weren't able to go in the scrimmage but uh, it looked like you know things were going there pretty good what did you think about what you saw Saturday at the scrimmage
2: well let me first of all uh, hit on the injury uh, point that you just brought up Ryan first of all when you're going to have more physical football practices, you're going to have injuries. But you can't become a better football team unless you're physical. So you're going to have a few of these dings, and you're going to have a few knees occasionally. You hope you don't have serious injuries, uh, career-ending in- injuries. But you're going to have injuries. I mean, Justin Davis broke a finger, and it's too bad about Red. As far as his m- m- uh, what is it? What what? Silas Red. Uh, yeah, Silas Red had some type of knee injury, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, meniscus. How do you pronounce that word?
1: I, just say MCL. I think is the best. One. All right, right. <laughs> meniscus. Not help yeah. me out
2: much, but that sounds good.
1: Meniscus. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> For all of you doctors and lawyers and everybody out there, yes, I went to study hall. So uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, it, it, it. You know, you're going to have these type of injuries, but you become a better football team out of it. You become more physical. You start to learn how to play a little bit more hurt. Now I'm not asking players to play hurt if it's a serious injury, but pain doesn't seem to bother you as much. because you're not going to get much sympathy for it. So I think you become tougher. You can become more physical, and you notice that uh, you're going to get these bumps and bruises because the kids aren't used to having these during the week. And you learn to carry a uniform better and, and be a physical football team. So. You know, I know a lot of people are talking about how come so many people are hurt. Well, they're hurt probably because they're in a position to get hurt as far as scrimmaging more and hitting more. And that's why I have always said that I would like to see my team always in full gear. Full gear. And when the NCAA came back and changed the rule that you can't go in pads only so many days, I think that really created an opportunity for more players to get hurt but they don't have protective equipment on and you're not ready to protect yourself and you're not anticipating a hit or a fall or whatever might happen to you or an accidental hit where you don't have the uh, the braces on your knees or you don't have your uh, hip pads on or whatever the case might be so i've always felt that you should be in full pads i don't think being in Shorts and shimble shirts with a helmet are, really doesn't make that much difference. You've got to learn to carry a uniform anyway. When you play a football game, you're wearing a uniform. Now, you do the shorts and shimble when you've got everything complete and you want to give them a day off and rest their legs before game. But I've always believed in, in full pads at every practice and getting after it and learn to play football because when you play football, you wear a uniform. So that takes care of the injury situation. As far as the football team itself, I think it got better in a week. Uh, the 3 I didn't see the Tuesday and Thursday practices. I only go to the Saturday practices because I want to see how much they improve in a week. And the biggest improvement that I saw from week one to week two was I saw a real effort to run the football. I saw an effort where they ran many running plays. They spent time running the football. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed when they got down to the goal line after, I think it was uh, Rodgers caught a long pass. They were on the two-yard line. They got it two tight eye and ran the ball two times right off tackle. Jarvis Allen scored. Uh, no trick plays, just lined up, pounded the football, and got it in. I like that. You've got to start to build confidence that you can run the football. So I saw an actual effort to run the football. And I, and I thought that was good. Now, the rotation as far as with two quarterbacks, these two quarterbacks will get a lot better because they're not having to rotate with three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks or five quarterbacks. And it's very unfortunate for Max Wittig not to get turns. Now, he'll be back after the spring break, but it's very unfortunate he hadn't had the chance to get or move forward as Kessler has and Brown has. Brown, again, showed a lot of improvement and more confidence in his ability to understand the plays. Their plays were simpler. Uh, They got after, and I thought the defense was more simpler as far as running more of a base defense and not blitzing or studying as much as they did in week one. I thought that uh, Kessler uh, would have the edge at this time because of his experience. We talked about a quarterback being a playmaker. We talked about a quarterback uh, having the confidence of the huddle. And Cody is not a yeller, but he brings a presence of getting the ball there, especially the nice pass he had Aguilar on for about a 70-yard touchdown run there when Harris slipped and, and Aguilar went right by him and ran the goal line. But I, I like that. I like the, the confidence that Kessler's bringing to the huddle, and I'm very, uh, say, happy with Brown's improvement and, of course, the winning situation. Uh, what can I say? Uh, very unfortunate injury we talked about that late last week we don't need to go back to it talking about a quarterback holding pats and and someone hitting him on a bad snap but first of all as i said i don't believe in that anyway uh i think also the practice was very spirited uh teams got into it coach orgeron was back i mean i i heard him all over the stadium I don't know how many times uh, I heard him say, and his favorite statement is, if you've been to practice, let's go. Let's go. It's almost like that commercial. Let's go. And then in between a few of those, he's got some real motivating words, too, to add to the uh, the, the, the talk. But Coach or- 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 Orgeron is back. He's not in the background. You hear him coaching enthusiastically. I like the linebacker coach. He's very much involved in coaching his position, not only coaching the play on the field, well, also coaching on the sideline with the players back and forth. The offensive line coach, Summer, seems to be getting into it real well. Robinson's doing a good job as far as coaching the offensive backs. Now, this is just my evaluation, and uh, I think the players are really adjusting to these guys, and they seem to be developing a relationship between coach and player, which I think is so, so important. Now, uh, spirited practice might have been because they were going into a week off But at the end of practice, when they called the group up, the group was all excited, ran to the middle of the field, and I know exactly what Coach Giffin told them. Let's don't take a step backwards. Let's take a step forward. Don't go out and do something stupid. Make sure you stay in shape. If you're hurt, hurt, make sure you get rehab. When to be back, and remember, we've only got so many days left. So I, I think the halftime organization was really well done. And I'm trying to go on and on and get this done so I can answer questions. <laughs> That's okay. But but the halftime organization, I thought, was very well done. The way they broke down in groups, everybody got on a knee, linebacker coach, defensive line coach, secondary coach. First of all, the coordinator talked to them all first, the same way on the offensive side. They had about a five-minute break at halftime. They had a big break, got back on the field, and continued with the scrimmage, which I thought, Was well done. I also want to mention this Coach Kiffin's kids were there and they're really cute. Okay? (laughs) They're running around. I want to tell everybody he's got some cute kids. I remember when I had my kids at football practice, they're involved, they're having fun, and I think that's something too that adds to the practice. When you see a coach's family, it's almost like he's sharing that with you as a player. And uh, I didn't see players on the sideline messing around, but what I used to have my kids do. Was around the sideline, and they had big bags of gum. They used to call, call them the gum girls. So they always had gum. The players always knew if they wanted a piece of gum or something, they just called them out, and the and the kids would give them gum. So
1: <laughs> I think that's
2: all part of, of <laughs> developing a team. Uh, and uh, all in all, uh, I think it was a good week of
1: practice. So you you put your kids to work out there, coach. I like it. Oh
2: yeah, they're not going to get in for free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the gum girls. All right. I like that. Um, well, you, you mentioned the quarterback situation. We did have a question on that. It's a voicemail question. So I'll play that for you now and let you, uh, let you respond to that. So here's our first question of the day.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's Doug at the chop, the grapevine Trojan fans, it's 1962. Listen, I'm a little concerned about the quarterback situation. You know, Cody's playing again, playing great again this spring, but yet the coach goes, yep, he's a gamer, but we're going to wait till the, right for the fall camp to name the starter. You know, uh, Cody doesn't turn the ball over. His job's in the line. At the end of last year, uh, my brother said, "Heck, we're at the back at the Paul Hackett era. Heck, we're at the Buddy Hackett era right now. We need—he needs to name a starter and get this thing together." You know, I mean, I'm uh, if if Cody can't get it done, then yeah, you can go back and try Max Brown and or give Max Wittick another chance. For what I saw from Max Wittick, uh he had his shot and uh, he didn't do too well. So I think Cody gets his shot, and uh, I want to hear what you think. Fight on. Well, excuse me. <laughs> During that break, I'm doing a coughing episode here, but oh. I drank a glass of orange juice, and it went down the wrong tube, but uh, that just shows you how smart I am. But <laughs> Well, let's let's move along. First of all, I understand exactly how you feel. You're a flustered uh, gentleman that either played football at USC, coached USC, or has a son at USC, and you you like winning. I think we all like winning. We like a leader to step in there. And I think that if you've been in a huddle before, you like the feeling of a coach deciding. You like that quarterback to step in, call a play. You know his rhythm of the snap count. You build excuse me, confidence in him. <coughs> and it becomes a rhythm in the football team. I believe the first thing you can do, too, is to get your offensive line together. Quit moving players around in a lot of position. Make decisions on who's going to play what position because this unit has to play as a unit. Your offensive line has to play it as a unit, look at each other, know exactly what they're talking about on who has who. With the timing and the backs, too, also have to be part of that offensive line so they learn the blocking schemes and learn to run behind certain individuals and learn to read their block. So I agree with you 100%. The sooner you can decide that, I think the better. I think right now, if I was going to decide today who the quarterback is at SC, and this is me, my vote doesn't count. I'd go with Cody, Cody Kessler. The kid deserves it. The kid has been there. The kid has worked his you-know-what off, and uh, I think they would become a better football team if everyone knew, and he started running with the first unit, and you start pretty soon now to put a first unit together. I think the importance of becoming a better football team is, is to become a first unit, and you tell that unit, hey, if someone beats you out, it's your fault. And then you evaluate this unit and you tell everybody else, go after his position. His position is available. So I would say after the third week, which is the week after the spring break, I would name my starting team at that position, and I'd try to get better with my starting team both offensively and defensively. And then everybody else would have to go after and beat somebody out. I agree with you 100%. I think that you have to decide. Make decisions. That's what football is about, decision-making. And uh, if Cody gets it done and gets the confidence of being the starter, then that's the way it is. It's unfortunate Max uh, Wittig uh, didn't uh, have the opportunity to compete more this spring. I thought he played well in the Notre Dame game, and I really didn't think it was his fault that SC lost the Notre Dame game. I think there was a combination of other things. I thought he played well, but what got me was he digressed in the Sun Bowl. Over the 17 days or how many days of practice they had, Maybe it was 13. I thought the team was not as good as it was during the regular season. So uh, uh, I agree with that. I think the sooner you can name your starters and have units on the field and have depth charts and become a team and build that pride and look at each other and you know who uh, the number one line is, number two defensive line, number one defensive line, and give those guys that spirit and say, hey, you're number one. But you know what? You're number one unless you mess up. And uh, I think that's what competition is.
1: Um, and the, the caller was a little harsh on uh, saying it was the Buddy Hackett era, the Paul Hackett era. I mean, they were one season removed from a 10-win season with winning games on the road against Notre Dame and, and Oregon. That's, that's really nothing that happened, nothing close to that happened during the, uh, the Paul Hackett era. So I think that's a – maybe it's a little harsh, Coach. I mean, 7-6, and six, everyone was unhappy, obviously, and starting the season number one. Certainly a lot more talent uh, than a the team that, that won seven games but I don't think it's a a Paul Hackett reference is is pretty warranted there.
2: Well, you got a guy that's fired up. Okay. (laughs) And a guy that wants improvement and a guy that's not happy. And, you know, uh, I think people have a a right to express themselves and what his opinion is, is his opinion. And as like, I say, my opinion is my opinion. We all have one. And, uh, And, 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 you know, we'll just go with that. Right.
1: Sounds good coach. And uh, we had a question from Melvin too, about the defensive backfield. He said, uh, since the the defensive backfield was so weak last year, do you think we'll be better this year uh, in the secondary? What do you think about the the improvements made for the secondary coach?
2: Well, you know, I haven't really been able to tell uh, if, uh, how much of an improvement the secondary has been or not been. It's a, it's a difficult thing to say. You didn't have Seymour out there, he was hurt, Craven was hurt, he didn't practice on Saturday. You had Harris and Brown at the corners. Uh, it's hard it's hard to write was a safety it's hard to really see until you get your number one units out there. But the thing I'm concerned with is if you're gonna play man defense. You got to be real good. You got to have great corners, corners. You can't fall down. The time that Aguilar got his big pass on Saturday, the corner slipped and fell down. You can't miss tackles when they throw the hitch pass or the short passes. You got to come up and you got to be a sure tackler. You cannot miss plays because you're all by yourself out there on an island. So you got to be able to cover, you got to be able to be a sure tackler. You got to be able to be a a great uh, defensive player that knows when to turn and not get beat and tip the ball away and and do a lot of things. So, you you know, normally you have two great athletes, great athletes playing corner. At least you better if you're playing a lot of man. got to have a great center fielder. I didn't uh, get to see that, but I thought Craven has the potential of being that. I don't know if McCray's going to be back inside or outside. I'm not sure where he's going to play. But if I was to say there's an area that needs – uh, some, uh, say, not improvement, but some some great athletes that, that get it done if you're going to play a lot of man, If you don't get to the quarterback and you're playing man, it's all over. So you've got to get to the quarterback, and you can't let him scramble around, because if he scrambles around or steps up, you can't cover all day. You just can't cover a guy all day. So when you're playing man, boy, I tell you, you got to get to the quarterback. You can't give him a lot of time to throw the ball. So right now, I can't give you an answer on the secondary, because I haven't seen enough of it. Haven't seen enough of seven-on-seven. Seven, haven't seen enough of where I can give you an evaluation. But uh, I agree, that's got to be an area that's got to improve, because uh, they're not going to play that safe coverage stuff they did before. They might play some of it, but when you get beat, you get beat, it could be six points when you're playing man.
1: Well, it's it's an interesting... Deal here, I guess you could say, coach. I mean, you're losing some really talented guys that are going to play in the NFL in the secondary. You know, that uh, Kel Roby and uh, TJ McDonald, guys like that. I mean, there's some other safeties that were seniors that are moving on. Um, so you're certainly losing a lot of talent from there. I, I don't know if you can just say, look at the guys from a couple of spring practices and say, this is going to be better. I mean, there's so much that's going to be different. The whole defensive scheme is different. And, you know, is there going to be a lot more pressure with, those stand-up outside linebackers/slash defensive ends in the in the you know the the three-four that puts more pressure on the quarterbacks that allow you to play man and and try to you know you don't have to hang with guys quite as long and things like that. Where you're actually being an aggressor. I mean, the whole defense looks like it's changing. And if you get beat on a corner like you saw, uh, Torrin Harris got beat and he fell down. I think it's going to be for different reasons this time around. And 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 you do rely on that pass rush and try to get some pressure. I think you know you watch the UCLA game. They were sitting back and kind of letting him, you know, pick you apart. And if he found the the open guys, and it was going to work, it, would it change if you're putting pressure on him and making him try to make decisions on the run, and has to get rid of the ball quicker? Maybe he's not throwing into these larger windows and has to make a, a tougher pass or a tougher read or through go through a couple of progressions. It's hard to say, but I I still think. There's going to be some mistakes made in the secondary this year, but I think it'll be for different reasons. I mean, I, I do like the way the front is playing, and if those guys stay healthy, the, the, the starting five defensive linemen they have there, I, I really think they're great. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on guys. I think it's going to change the whole look uh, of this defense, and then we'll see how those guys play in the secondary. I think safety is going to be okay, but like you said, corner is going to be some unproven guys. They're going to have to step up and, and make some plays. Now, will they have to stay with these guys as long? You know, if there's like you said, if there's pressure, then no. Uh, What if you know they don't get pressure? The guy rolls out and makes some buy some more time. Are these guys going to be able to hang with receivers? You know, running way down the field, it's it's kind of hard to say. But I do think it's going to be a if there's failures in the secondary, I think it's going to be for different reasons this year than they were last year.
2: Yeah, well, it's a different scheme they're doing back there. It's it's one that really shows uh, up if you if you break down as touchdown and uh, and see. I just haven't seen yet the athletic ability of Hawkins and some of these guys on the corner. I'm really, i not a believer yet, okay? Not a believer. Receivers, (laughs) no question in my mind. Okay, tight ends, no question in my mind. Running backs, I'm not a believer yet. I want to see a guy that that can carry the ball 30 times a game without looking to the sideline and say, hey, I just made eight yards, I'm tired, take me out. I want to see guys that, that want to carry the football every single down, I don't think there should be a lot of rotation as far as in players. I think you've got the players as a unit. I don't yet see it yet in the secondary, but I think you have to do it. You have to decide who your players are going to be, and you're going to have to get them on the field so they start to play as a unit. I think there's one area right now, if you were to ask me, the number one concern I have would be in the secondary, as the question was asked. The secondary is something I have to see what's going to happen because, yeah, a lot of got a lot of stress on them when you play man defense.
1: And you were you definitely have some concerns, you said, with the running backs, but on Saturday, it certainly looked like there was a more, more of a dedication to running the ball, despite really only having two healthy tailbacks right now. And there's a a bunch of guys that are hurt. Trey Madden's not, you know, cleared uh yet. We're good to see him out there practicing some. But um if mean, it was kind of the Javarius Buck Allen show, uh he, he he kind of stepped up in the scrimmage, I guess more than any of the other guys but there's not that many running backs right now so it's probably it must be a good sign for you coach that even with fewer numbers at running back they still were trying to run the ball.
2: I like that. Uh, so I say the only way you you'll way you become a tough tougher football team is to become a running team. And uh you can't just because you only made 1 yard one play you never run another running play. <laughs> you got to you got to pound the ball in there. You got to pound the ball in there and you just keep pounding it before long the Line says they're going to keep calling this play until we make it go and uh, you know line up I didn't even tell them run the same play again and let the defense know you run the same play again. who cares? you got to get in there and you got to root people out and you got to make plays go and uh, it's good for the defense too to be able to uh, compete against the offense but they did make an effort Saturday. In their scrimmage, I think they had 56 plays or whatever they did at least. I don't know how many, 20, 30 at least running plays uh, in that. And I liked it. Probably I'm liking it because they didn't have, as you mentioned, a lot of running backs. So they let a guy get a rhythm. Let a guy get a feel of what the heck's going on out there. Not only running the football, but blocking and, and everything else. And I think that's what you have to do as an earlier question or an earlier Gentleman called in and said, "Hey, when are we going to have units name? Well, when you play with a unit, you get better. You get you get conditioned by playing football, by carrying the uniform, by tackling. The more tackles you can make, the better tackler you are. The more times you carry the football, the better running back you are. The more you catch footballs, the better receiver you are, or stock blocker you are. So you know, everybody says, "Oh, we got to give everybody a turn." Yeah, you give everybody a turn giving everybody a turn all the time doesn't make you a better football
1: team. No, that makes sense, coach. And I uh, I'm curious to see. I I don't get the feeling that there's going to be a lot of decisions made this spring. I mean, they, I think they'll take this next week and evaluate some guys. Maybe you're seeing, you know, will Marcus Martin play more at center? Will they put, you know, move some of the other guys in the offensive line around? I mean, you have Mike Summers a new coach. I'm sure he's going to have some thoughts on what he saw. They want to try to get their five best guys out there. So maybe you'll see some kind of shakeup there. But I, I do feel that once fall camp starts again, it's going to be open. And, and you know, maybe Cody Kessler is the number one quarterback coming out of, of spring. Uh, you know, maybe he's not. Maybe he starts that way in the fall. I don't know. But it, it, I kind of get the feeling that they're going to save some of the bigger decisions uh, for fall and not do it this spring.
2: Well, they might do that. You're right. Uh, I always say a football team is made in the spring. Uh, if you allow someone to come in and beat you out in the fall, then it's your fall as a football player. Uh, I think your team has uh, developed the speed, the uh, speed of core, the teamwork, the togetherness, uh, and uh, the leadership. I think it all comes in the spring. Now, the fall camp, hey, you're getting ready to play football games. You're not getting ready to see who's going to play in the football games. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's great, too. Don't get me wrong. But you've got to be ready to play football games in the fall. You've got to be able to line up and run the plays you're going to run. You've evaluated everything. You've taught the kids what they did right and what they did wrong in the spring. You line up, you know, get ready to kick somebody's you-know-what. And uh, that's my philosophy. That's what, the way I used to coach. Uh, I mean, my, my thing is don't tell me how well you, you played the game, and we want to win the game. We want to all play the game well. You know, this is a team sport. And, uh, and you got to all play well. So, uh, that's how I feel, right? That's how I feel. Well, let's see how this week break goes. And of course, when they come back on Tuesday, they'll be all tired and beat up, (laughs) worn out and lazy. That's what always happens. Don't get me wrong. So don't be down. If you are over there at practice. Okay. You, You just hope. I used to always hope that they always came back in one piece. That somebody didn't cut their foot on the beach somewhere, surfing or, uh, Something like that,
1: you know. Right, and and, you, and fans can actually go out and watch practice. There, there probably been maybe a couple dozen people at each practice Tuesdays and Thursdays at four p.m. So next Tuesday, you'll be able to go back out there again and check it out. You can watch it from the uh, Dado Pavilion, which is a you know next it's a Dado Field, which is the baseball stadium right next to Howard Jones Field. You get a pretty good vantage point from up there. You can see everything that's going on with practice, so it's it's kind of fun. And, and coach, you mentioned fall camp, getting ready for games. This'll be a really interesting fall camp for USC because normally that first week or so you're 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 integrating all the you know, like twenty new guys to come in because you have all these, you know, brand new freshmen coming in that you're trying to get ready for games, but you're also trying to see where these guys are gonna, you know, perform and anyone's gonna be able to contribute, or they just gonna go right to the scout team, whatever it is. Well, USC had seven new players in the spring, uh, with Darius Rogers and the and the six, you know, from the previous class and the six early enrollees for the class of 2013, there's only going to be six new guys coming in in the fall. So there's actually more new faces in the spring than the fall. I don't know if that's ever even happened in the history of NCAA football before, but that's, a, that's the weird situation that USC's in right now.
2: I agree with you. So the thing is, you can't worry about the fall. Those guys are going to have to come in. And, and uh, Ryan, I hate to say this, we probably have some parents and kids listening that are coming in in the fall. But you're way behind. <laughs> you're, you're way behind. But you haven't hit. You don't know what it's about out there. If I was them, I'd say redshirt me. I know everybody wants to start, okay? But you've got to move on and win football games. And these kids will learn on the run. I used to call it learn on the run. Learn in the meetings. Ask a guy in front of you in line. We can't take a lot of time coaching these incoming freshmen or we're going to get beat. We've got to have the kids that have been here and been through battle and have battle scars that knows what it feels like to get to, to win our games. So the freshmen, if they play, fine. But I never anticipated a freshman to come in and play right away. I didn't have time to get my freshmen ready to play right away. I had to get my football team ready to play, and my coaches organized and focused, and everything else, my trainers, my equipment guys. I wanted everything perfect. So that when it came game time, these guys were ready for battle. And uh, I think that's what you do in the fall. You don't just try to decide what you're going to do and who's going to play this and what offense you're going to run. and You know, we're going to do I mean, hey, man, when you come out there, uh, tape your ankles and get ready. Because, hey, <laughs> every single day out here, bring your lunch pail. Because I'll tell you, we're going to make you earn it.
1: So if someone, a, a freshman came in, a true freshman came in for you in the fall, coach, and just – just it stood out, Is, does that make it a special case? I mean, did you try to redshirt everyone? Or if someone really stood out, that you'd have to work with them, hey, this guy can help us right away. We need to work with this guy.
2: No, so I would say, hey, that kid can play. But it wasn't like I was going to take him right away. I redshirted Terrell Davis his first year. Wow. It's because, because I needed him to learn a position. He had played every position in high school, and he didn't know where to play. So I said, hey, let this kid learn for a year. He's a running back. Let him learn for a year. We knew he was a great player, but why should I burn a year on him? I mean, it helped the kid academically. It helped the kid grow up. It helped the kid learn a position. And then eventually, yeah, halfway through the season, he could have played. But I don't have time to teach him it during the season when we're going to war. I know he's a great player. I could say, hey, that kid's a great athlete. He's going to do great for us. Now, of course, if I don't have a corner, and we're going to lose all the games because I don't have a corner... <laughs> And I got a freshman coming in. He won't play corner. And before I lose football games, you're gonna die when I tell you this. I take a couple of those receivers that are watching the game, and I tell them you're going to the secondary. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But at least you're on the field playing. Right. So because it's not what you like, it's what it takes to win. And I'd rather have you out there winning or us winning than you not playing. So, you know, you've got to get your players on the field. you got to locate who your athletes are, get them on the field, and get out there. So I hope that's part of their plan as far as this year.
1: All right, Coach, we have one last thing I wanted to get to before we let you go. Uh, Linda was nice enough to send this in, and we were talking about why USC fans couldn't watch practice and things like that. So she sent in an article that was part, I believe this was part of the uh, sanctions handed down, To USC from the NCAA, but thanks to Linda for this, and I'll I'll read it real quick. Said the committee is troubled by the institution's failure to regulate access to practice and facilities, including locker rooms. Therefore, for the period of probation, USC shall prohibit all non-institutional personnel, including representatives of the institution's athletic interests, except media, family members, and other approved by compliance office on a case-by-case basis, from doing the following: a traveling on football and men's basketball team charters, B, attending football and men's basketball team practices, C, attending or participating in any way with institutional football and men's basketball camps, including the donation of funds to the camps, and D, having access to the sidelines and rock and locker rooms before, during, and after football and men's basketball games. There could be exceptions. You have to submit them in writing from the compliance office. But she says, love the show. That's from Linda.
2: Linda, I want to tell you, you are a true trooper. You've got to get a job with the NCAA. <laughs> you, you really do. But you answered the question. I got on that pretty hard last week, if you remember. And you answered the question. I said, if someone has it in writing, please let me know. And I appreciate that very much because I really think that it's it's costly to kids not to be able to watch pr- practice. I mean, I was at the scrimmage on Saturday, and I don't want to keep going on this. And, You know, everything's roped off. They even tell you where you can sit. You can't get on the field. We're not going to talk to any – I don't even go on the field. Ryan, there's only certain people that can go on the field that's media and if you've got a camera. Yeah. So who's going to go on and talk to these kids on the field when you can have kids there and teams there and Pop Warner teams and parents and high school kids I mean, that's the thing I don't understand. I thought the NCAA is here to help kids, help communities, help kids want to go to college. And, and how they can say that is helping in compliance or whatever it is to people talking to athletes. Are you kidding me? If I wanted to talk to the athlete, I'd just, you know, see him at a coffee shop or go to their class. Knowing me, I'd go sit in class with them, you know, and get to talk to them. So I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying it's ridiculous. It's just fat ridiculous. And Linda, thank you very much for shutting me up on that. Now I understand. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, thank you, Linda. And thank you coach for coming on the show and uh, sharing all your thoughts. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you out there. Probably, I guess a couple of Saturdays from now when they get back to the Coliseum again,
2: you're right, buddy. Have a great week. All of you out there. And, uh, Enjoy it, be safe, and thank you very much for listening.
1: All right, thank you, Coach, and everyone else back in 30 seconds talking with uscfootball.com beat writer Dan Weber.
0: Meet us on the other side of the break for more of the Parastyle podcast. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1 800 888 7287. 1 800 888 7287. That's 1 800 888 7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, Concert, Sports, and Theater. We now return to the Peristyle Podcast and your host, Ryan Abraham.
1: We are back here on the Peristyle Podcast. We've got com beat writer Dan Weber on the line. Joining us, what's up, Dan? How you doing?
3: Pretty good. No, not much. Uh, getting ready for uh, spring break week and NCAA basketball starting, uh, I guess. <laughs> not for USC. And you get to watch all the games anyway.
1: <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> uh, yeah, USC won't be in the, the tournament, the big dance or the small dance or any of those dances. Um We'll see going forward who they pick for a head, for a head coach. You might see a future USC head coach out there in the field somewhere, though.
3: That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a good good reason to watch. Uh, uh, yeah, that'll be – and I guess uh, timing uh, possibly, the, the one guarantee we have been given, uh, again, off the record, because nobody at USC is talking, but the one guarantee is he is someone coaching in the NCAA tournament. So we shall see.
1: Oh, interesting. All right. Um, Well, we'll see going forward with that, but right now, football is uh, going on, finished two weeks of uh, spring football practice, and and like you said, uh, Saturday was the last practice uh, for a little over a week. They're taking this week off for spring break. We saw them do this last year as well, and they'll come back again next Tuesday, so a week from tomorrow, uh, Tuesday coming back at it, and I got to see... Some familiar faces, I guess, Dan, that, that performed well. Cody Kessler had another good scrimmage on Saturday. George Uko was one of the, the better players out there. Maybe give us your thoughts on how the scrimmage went.
3: Well, I think the thing that you like about it is, uh, even though they've got a lot of guys, you know, with bumps and bruises and guys that aren't, you know, participating and the numbers aren't up, they haven't backed off at all, not even a little bit. They're going, you know, they're going quick. They're going hard uh, both ways. Uh and they're, you know, they're making do whatever uh, whatever they need to do to get it going. I mean, they were down to two out of five tailbacks. But one of the two, um, you know, Buck Allen starts, again, just showing you what a, you know, six-one, two 215 215-pound kid is one of the, you know, three fastest guys on the team who can really catch the football and seems to now really, really get it, you know, understands the blocking and, understands how he's got to hit up in there and, you know, just the things he uh, he's able to do. And that's what you want to see this team do is just, you know, Max Wittick's not there. You know, Max Brown still should be in high school. And yet, you know, Cody Kessler comes out. And even with, uh, you know, center snap issues somewhat, uh, not so much uh, Saturday but more so the previous one, and you just still make plays. Just keep making plays. Marquise Lee's not there. Keep making plays. You know, throw the ball, throw the ball deep to you know Nelson Aguilar for a 75-yard uh, you know play action uh, touchdown throw. Uh, have Max you know from Cody and then have Max Brown throw 52-yarder to Darius Rogers. You know, and even though he's playing a little bumped up and what have you, just uh, make plays. Go out there and uh, and get better. And uh, that's what they're doing. And uh, you know, I like it. I think the coaches are learning how to how to you know how do you coach? Uh, Uh, you know, a team with the kind of special issues that this team's got, you know, got a lot of athletes, got a lot of people can, you know, hit you in practice. They won't probably be able to do it in games if you don't do it in practice. And yet, uh, you know, when you get, get people hitting people, uh, you know, full speed, you know, you get some guys uh, bumped up or you get, you know, you get bumped up just hitting the ground or, uh, you know, all the things that, that happen when you, when you go hard. Uh, But, uh, but I like, i like what we're seeing uh you got to go hard you got to go fast for that offensive line to get better they certainly look like they are i mean they came back this week and uh i know we talked last week a little bit about they all got to step up they all got to get better and they all are i mean i think uh you know they uh they had a couple of really good days this week where they just said we're not gonna you know let the uh a real athletic defensive line dominate us and they uh they punch back and, and that's really good to see. And, uh, that's what, uh, you know, I think the right side was, uh, John Martinez and, and Kevin Graff has, has been as expected solid. I mean, it'll be their third year as, uh, as, uh, starters, but, uh, uh, it just looks like they've, I mean, I really liked uh, the way Mike Summers is just very quietly with sort of a tough purpose is, uh, is is just saying you know this is what we we've, we've got to do and and um and they seem to be doing it it's just been very uh, very impressive uh, to see that uh, I think that improvement maybe and you know it's just one of those things that you know I think they didn't get a you know probably a, a fair shot to be as good as they could have been last year for all kinds of reasons um uh, but um I think everybody knows this is the year that you know if this team is going to step up Big, big, big part of it is going to be—it'll uh, be led by the offensive line, and uh, and so far, they're uh, they're doing what you know, what people want them want them to do, need them to do, and I think a lot of us think they can, and uh, so that's the uh, that's been a plus.
1: The uh, if if you haven't gone to uscfootball.com, definitely read Dan's story. He does feature. Uh... Uh, Javarius Buck Allen on there for the, the practice report. And the, the ghost notes are great. If you go into the message board, you can see his notes. So a lot of the details on what happened in the scrimmage. Um, I guess one of the concerns, Dan, is that, the, you know, maybe that this bye week or whatever you could say is coming at the right time because of the, the kind of mounting injuries. seems like a lot of guys are on the sidelines.
3: Yeah, they are. But I think, I think a couple of things are happening there. One, I like the fact that, you know, they're uh, – they're not asking guys to play hurt. You know, they're not, oh, you know, suck it up or you can do it. But it's up to the you know, the guys, uh, you know, kind of to make that call. I mean, remarkable, and, and I have a piece about this, remarkable way Xavier Grimble, tight end, decided on Thursday, you know, he was feeling he knew something probably wasn't exactly right, but he just said, heck, I'm going to go out there and, and practice. And he was the player of the day, and it turns out, He has a broken rib, so he's not practicing Saturday and may not see if he gets back 40 years over. But he's made a a big step up already. He, as Lane said, uh, uh, I guess Tuesday it was, he said, you know, Xavier has just taken that big step up to the next place. that You you really want to see these players take that step. And and yet, you know, he comes back and and says, you know, we've only got a couple other – tight ends and i just figured you know i owed it to my you know teammates and my brothers and just see what i could do and uh a terrific job by him uh maybe not such a good job by uh the uh, jerks at the ncaa who have decided that that's what they want the sanctions to do is to hurt hurt uh usc for example and hurt uh make kids want to play hurt so that uh because they don't have enough numbers uh it's criminal almost what, what the NCAA did there, and, and, and they should be taken to task. And You wish someday USC or someone would figure out how to convince the uh, really um, wrong-headed people on the Committee on Infractions and at the NCAA's headquarters that you do not ever penalize a football team by taking scholarships away. That, that if you care at all about the health, and injury situation, if you want to, you know, hire a chief medical officer as the NCA is doing this year and make a show about you care about concussions and things like that, you would never, ever penalize a college football team by limiting their scholarships, limiting the number of healthy bodies they can play and practice with. Uh, it's just, you know, it's darn near criminal. It's certainly uh, uh, against everything that the NCA says it's, it's for in terms of uh, student athletes and, and their well-being, and uh, it's uh, you know the kind of thing that you just hope that USC maybe you know can figure this is we're going to handle this and we're going to make it work and we're going to you know use this. Uh, to allow other guys to step up and other guys to be coached up, and that we'll always have somebody there. You know, we may not have three somebody's there or five somebody's there, but we'll have one other somebody there ready to step up. But uh, but uh, it's a challenge, and uh, they you know USC didn't figure it out properly last year. Tried to protect from the beginning. Practiced badly. Didn't hit. Didn't you know? Weren't ready to play in games and, uh, you know, guarantee a negative result. Uh, you know, so you've you got to go at it. You've got to go at it the way USC is going at it now. And uh, the one thing you've got is that everybody on the team, including the walk-ons, is capable, they're, they're all capable of stepping up and stepping into whatever uh, situation, you know, they're needed for. And uh, we'll see. That's, uh, that's where they're going, though. And, and, and so far, they've been successful in doing so.
1: All right. Uh, well, let's get to a couple of questions, Dan. Um, you mentioned the offensive line and uh, Mike Summers and his impact so far. Stephen Poway actually had a question about that. I'll read you both of them. You can kind of comment there. He said, first one is, I noticed James Craig and Mike Summers both have offensive line duties. Since Craig was the all-line coach for the past few years, does this make for an awkward situation? And his second part was, uh, if you had to give – One of the new assistant coaches, some early grades. Who do you think would have been head head of the class so far?
3: And I don't know if we got enough information uh, to do that because they're they're in terms of grading. They're all. I mean, obviously, Clancy Penegras, defensive coordinator, has been here the longest and has had the biggest task in terms of uh, both uh, redoing the uh, defense completely as well as handling the defensive back. So, you know, he's certainly in terms of the volume of work and uh, uh you know the uh I mean Lane was going on and on about uh, how Clancy he doesn't look you know like a you know all that uh, you know imposing tough guy he's quiet but he's got uh, a certain toughness about him in a demanding way and uh you know he's uh he's kind of quietly very demanding uh so you, you just based on his uh, longevity in terms of, you know, how long he's been here and the challenge facing him and the, uh, and the amount of, of work he's had to do. But, uh, you know, I think Mike Summers looks like just exactly the right guy, a teacher, uh, a tough-minded teacher who had success in the Southeastern Conference running the football without, without as much talent as the people he was running it against. And he was running it against people who can defend the run was really really good you know players so uh i think uh you could not have. i don't know if they could have you know life works that way you know he was available probably shouldn't have been when kentucky changed staff. uh he uh he was out there and on his way to re, you know re, re return to uh, coaching with bobby petrino who ended up at western kentucky and obviously you know here's the usc job comes along and uh and UFC uh, I think, just got very, very fortunate in, in getting a Mike Summers uh, to do that. And I don't know that it's all that uh, all that uh, awkward a situation because it's clear. I mean, he's the offensive line coach, and I think Coach Craig is kind of helping in different areas at different times. Uh, as Lane said, doesn't you know you got maybe more people that you have to coach up in terms of one position. Uh, at the offensive line, probably maybe one more, maybe than the defensive line. And as some of those guys, you're kind of alternating them as outside linebackers as well. So defense or offensive line, you probably got more bodies. Uh, so having an extra person there, is probably not the worst thing. And and coach Craig, I think is doing a lot of different, you know, kinds of jobs and working with different groups uh, and, and sort of a an all purpose uh, position. So, it's not as much a uh, shared responsibility. Uh, it, it really is, you know, it's it's, it's Coach Summers' um, uh, job. been very impressed with, uh, i try to write about that this week, about how it's working. Coach Eckler, uh, Mike Eckler with the linebackers, I just love his attitude, love his in-practice, the way he uh, coaches through drills, for example, and the running commentary he has. For the linebackers, and you can tell, you know, he's just got a step by step, you know, uh, into, you know, as what he's saying into Hayes Pollard's ear, for example, and you can just see, you know, in terms of things like eye position and hand position, and and uh, where he wants your, you know, your hips and that, all that kind of stuff, and it's just the repetition. I mean, well, we haven't seen that, uh, uh, that kind of, you know, teaching, and uh, just his own, his, the way he interacts with with both the coaches and the players, uh, you know, a guy really wanted to be here, you know, gave up, uh, you know, defensive co-defensive coordinator's job in the big 10 uh, uh, to be a linebacker's coach at USC because he wanted to be at USC. Uh, so that's a real plus. And then uh, Tommy Robinson, uh, you know, we were wondering about he, um, you know, also running backs coach and uh, uh passing game coordinator. And you're thinking, well, I wonder if that maybe the second part of that's a title, you know. Uh, now, he coached wide receivers, and he'd been involved in the passing game as well. But uh, it surely looks like he's really, really involved with the passing game as well. And so now you've got a couple of people focusing on that uh, with T. Martin and, um, and Clay Helton. Well, you, you know, it, it, it seems to be a, a real shared responsibility in that offensive huddle and practices and ways in which, you know, Lane doesn't have to be there. He doesn't have to have the – he's got the play sheet, but he doesn't have to be uh, that involved. And it gives Lane more time to be just, you know, talking to players and, you know, doing whatever, you know, the head coach thinks he ought to do. So uh, I think the, you know, I think the thing that, that that's most important is not so much one or the other – in terms of grading it, but how does the whole group work together? How does it all, uh, you know, work in terms of what the players need? And, uh, honestly, it's hard to be happier if you really want to see, you know, this thing come together than, than you are with, uh, how it's come together this quickly. It, It really does, you know, um, it does seem like there's the right people in the right places and, uh, And maybe, you know, just coming together this, you know, this late in, you know, before the spring actually works in a positive way and that it allows and encourages guys to be themselves and to really do, you know, coach things the way uh, they really believe they need to be coached and uh, and be able to, to, you know, to kind of just take over at their position and not have to you know, run anything by anybody, and uh, the key there is you may have the right guys. And it, it looks like so far, uh, you wouldn't think they could, you know, have have hit it better with uh, with the way this group seems to be going together.
1: Um, all right, let's see. We also had a question on a potential offensive line contributor. An offensive line coach contributor, and I'm not sure if you're familiar. I don't want to mispronounce his name. He former player at USC was a uh, offensive line coach in the NFL at the with the Dallas Cowboys. Coach, coach Hudson, is it Hawk or Hook?
3: Hawk. Hawk. Hudson, okay. Hawk. Hawk. Yeah.
1: Hawk. Okay. I wasn't sure how to pronounce it, but I've, I've heard it different ways and stuff before. But
3: I know I have too. Actually, now that you said that, when you actually say it, uh, you're right. I've, I've heard it both ways.
1: It's kind of weird. But the question was, he goes, uh, "Dan, since Coach Hudson." Hawk uh, is one of the greatest offensive line coaches at any level is retired. He retired from the Cowboys, by the way, and is an honored member of the Trojan family. Um, is an L.A. native? Would it be possible for him to come back as an unofficial mentor for offensive linemen? Maybe other players, too. Would it even be allowed under NCAA guidelines? Just the, just a thought. That's from John in uh, Los Angeles. He said the PS... You know, I'm
3: not sure, John. I, I, I'm not sure what the rule is on the volunteer coaches. I know there there used to be such a designation. Uh, that's a good question. I, I'll ask around about that. I know this. Uh, they tell me Tony Baselli stayed around uh, after, you know, was here Tuesday, stayed around Wednesday, and I know Kevin Graff was saying, man, that made a big difference. He really, you know helped us. He told us some things, and they came back out Thursday was the day they came out and really, you know, looked like, okay, we're serious about this, and uh, Kevin Graff really, really said, you know, was very much uh, uh, impressed with Tony Baselli and what he had to say to him, having a guy like a Tony Baselli who, you know, accomplished what he did and then talked about this is what, you know, this is what USC football is all about. This is Trojan football. I think a guy like Hudson Hawk could do the same kind of thing. And uh, I'll ask about that. That's, I've, heard, you know, I've heard so much good things about him, and uh, uh, you would like you know, to know if you could have somebody like that just sort of as a you know, volunteer mentor. Now, I guess the question is, they're probably not allowed to be on the practice field. They don't know what kind of mentoring you can do off the field, but I think the, the the line that they draw is how many coaches actually on the field during practice. I think is maybe where the line gets draw, drawn. but uh, but it's a good question, and a good idea, and he'd certainly be, uh, you know, be a good person. And uh, you know, if you're going to do it anywhere, uh, at that offensive line spot. But but it certainly worked last week. It, it seemed to make a uh, make a real, you know, measurable difference. What Tony Baselli had to, you know, had to tell the guys, and they just, uh, they really stepped up, and uh, and nice, you know, a guy like, like a Kevin Graff, who's, you know, going to be a three-year starter, who says, boy, that it really mattered, you know, that really was something that really got my attention, and it really helped us, and we're really, you know, you know, glad he was here. That's the kind of reaction, you know, you couldn't want for a better reaction than that.
1: Um, all right. Let's see. We can. We have actually a question on the quarterbacks. So there was a few that came in, um, and you know, it, it's it's been interesting with Max Whittack not in there. But Melvin wanted to know: Do you think that USC can be a winning program with Cody Kessler at the quarterback? I get the impression he might not be the best athlete of the three, but clearly is the best leader of the three. Is that a fair opinion? That's from Melvin.
3: Pro- yeah, uh, probably not. Uh, this is where Cody. You know, I, I try to think what he averaged in high school in basketball. He was like, he was a killer in high school basketball. Uh, he, you know, and I try to tell people this to try to understand here's the guy that people think isn't very athletic. The kid who, when he was in the eighth grade could dunk a basketball. <laughs> think about that <laughs> The a kid that people just assume isn't all that athletic. Uh, He's really athletic. I mean, he probably, I thought, I was telling him the other day, I think they need to remeasure him because he certainly looks like he's, you know, taller than 6'2 now, uh, and I think they still have him listed at 6'1", uh, but uh, he's plenty athletic enough. I mean, you know, obviously, Max Whittaker has a stronger arm. He might have the strongest arm in college football. I don't, you know, so... I don't think you're going to find anybody with a stronger arm than, you know, than Max Wittick and, you know, a stronger six four, two hundred and forty two 242 pounds. I don't know if you're going to find a stronger quarterback. I mean, he looks like a, an NFL linebacker. So, uh, uh, but, uh, but I think, you know, you know, we'll see how this all works out. I think probably it's a good thing in a lot of ways because it allows them to take their time and don't have to, you know, in any way name the quarterback in the spring Carry it through, uh, you know. Stanford didn't do badly with uh, you know a couple of different quarterbacks last year, uh, and I think that may be kind of. I know Cody has said, I think we're going to have a couple of quarterbacks. I think uh, you know we're going to play the hot guy. We're going to do you know now nobody nobody likes the idea of uh, any kind of quarter quarterback controversy or whatever, but it's not necessarily the worst thing to have two quarterbacks that you know you think are ready to go and and can win for you. I mean, I think maybe the mistake last year, obviously, was they didn't get Cody ready. They didn't, you know, they wanted to, you know, go everything with Max, and probably a giant mistake in terms of the Georgia Tech game. Uh, So uh, I think Cody can win. I think Max can win. Uh, They have to do all the right things. They have to be able to run the ball. They have to, you know, protect, and they have to be able to run play action. And if you can do those things, uh, you know, they, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, Cody's got the advantage uh, in one way. He doesn't have the arm that that Max has, but he's got probably more, you know, more accurate, maybe doesn't quite, you know, will uh, maybe not quite turn it over as much and and maybe, you know, can move the chains a little bit more where, you know, on the, you know, take a rollout or a play action or whatever. And if everybody's uh, jammed up, he can, you know, run for that first down. And I think all the quarterbacks, they're emphasizing they'd like them to be able to do that uh, and and get some first downs with their feet. That was really a difficult – that made it much more difficult last year when you don't get any, you know, first downs on busted plays with your feet when they kind of give it to you. And if you're going to defend USC passing game, you're going to have to be pretty aware of of the receivers that you're going to be facing. So people are going to drop off. Um, So if you can take advantage of that – uh, you've got a you know a big you know big ads that maybe USC didn't have last year. So, uh, uh, but but yeah, Cody is absolutely absolutely athletic enough, uh, you know, to win football games for USC. It's, it's not even a uh, you know not even a question. It really isn't.
1: Okay. Um, he also had one more question. He said, "I heard Dan Weber talk a lot about practice being the cornerstone for physical play. So, does it look like uh, we are practicing so far this spring?" to be more physical than last year's USC team.
3: Absolutely. It's just exactly the way you want it. And, and a lot of that, it's not so much 11-on-11, 11 11, you know, full-scale you know, scrimmage and stuff, but just more uh, one-on-one, two-on-two, half-line, uh, you know, with the offensive line against the defensive line, where you're firing out full speed and where you're really working on technique, and you are hitting, and you are hitting, you know, full-go hitting but you're not doing the kind of things that you're going to hurt anybody, but just the stuff that you have to do in games. Now, they're tackling and running through people and, and going all out, you know, in the in the scrimmages. I mean, they have not backed off almost at all, as it shows that, you know, I think now all three quarterbacks have gotten run over, uh, you know, at least once. And, uh, you know, you don't want to see that, and you hope it doesn't happen, but it's just um, – Kind of uh you know the the enthusiasm and the you know the way they're going at it they're not trying to hurt anybody, they're not trying to run over anybody but uh but they're trying to go full speed and they're playing with a lot of enthusiasm and uh, uh that's uh that's such a so much better uh to watch in practice than uh than uh than what we saw last year and as you know it was Pete's secret, I think, all through his time, is that they played at game, game tempo in practice. Uh, I know Clancy Kennedy I said, There's, you know, that's that's the only way you get ready for games is you have to practice like it's a game. Uh, I don't think you can if – you, if you do anything else, it's not the same game. Therefore, you, you know, you're really not ready to play the game when you get to the game if you don't practice the way you play the game. So – I don't think you've got much choice. You've got to do it intelligently. And, you know, so far it looks like, you know, they've combined it just properly. And, you know, as Lane said, we've got a lot of time to heal up before the first game. So you just keep, you know, you keep going uh, because uh, you're really not benefiting yourself much if you, uh, you know, you maybe you aren't getting injuries if, you, you know, you take it, you know, a notch or two or three back. But then you're also not benefiting from the practice. So what's the point? You almost have to, you almost don't have a choice. But uh, but I really like, you know, we didn't like at all what we saw last year from August on. It just had that not good feeling. And then uh, this year, you can't not like it. I mean, the way that they're going after it. So, uh, yeah, I think they've got it right. You just you don't have control of of what happens in, you know, injuries or whether they're a bump or a bruise or, or something worse. And, you know, last year, uh, Trey Madden, you know, lost for the year in, in a non-contact, you know, situation on a cut, you know, and he, you know, tears his, his ligaments in his knee. So um, some of that just, sometimes it just happens. All right,
1: Dan. Well, we appreciate all the insights and stuff, and uh, we'll uh... – guess we'll have a week off to reflect on what was going on the first two weeks of USC spring football. Then we'll get back at it next week. So uh, we'll look forward Couldn't to it. it happen
3: t- at a better time. For them. Yeah. I think it's a perfect time to, to get the bumps and bruises healed up. And uh, uh, I think it's, it, 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 you know, I know Lane said, you know, we plan it every year and but even if they hadn't planned it to go just this way, it is coming at the right time. This is the way you would want them to, uh, to have done it, to take, you know, Set the tone with the first two weeks. Heal up uh, till Tuesday a week. And then uh, you know you got eight more days and, uh, and get back at it for the final three weeks.
1: All right. Well, thanks again. And everyone else, thank you very much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast. We'll be back next week. Might even try to sneak in a recruiting blast later on this week. So check back for that on parastylepodcast.com.